the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, I, I think God was determined to let Joseph know that he was enough, that he could handle it, that he could make his dreams become a reality. Joseph just needed to lean in on God. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus Christ like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhillchurch.com. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. What if God wants to use your dungeons to bring you into his destiny for your life. This dungeon moment was described by the psalmist. Look again at at Psalms 105 verse 17. Then he sent someone to Egypt ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They bruised his feet with fetters. They placed his neck in an iron collar until the time came to fulfill his dreams. The Lord tested Joseph's character. I don't know what you're facing today. You may feel like your dungeon is pretty dark. I just want to remind you, though you may feel like your life is off the rails, your dreams can stay on track. Let's look in verse five of chapter 40. Genesis 40, verse five, and one night they both dreamed. This is the cupbearer and the baker. The cupbearer and the baker of the king of Egypt who were confined in the prison, each his own dream, and each dream with its own interpretation. And when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. So he asked Pharaoh's officers who were in custody in his master's house, why are your faces downcast today? I wanna pause right there and just tell you something you need to learn from this passage. Joseph is a great model of leadership and character And he teaches us here that empathy is an essential element of Christ-like character. You have to learn to feel with others, not to be cold-hearted to what they're going through. And we know this is Christ-like because over and over again, we would see Christ show empathy, whether it was with his disciples or or with the one he loved, Lazarus, upon seeing and hearing of his death, or, or whether it's this passage in Matthew 23, 37, where he says, oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I've wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. Standing out over the holy city, Jesus empathized with them. Remember, Joseph is a type of Christ and we see that Christ-like character here. So he sees that they are downtrodden and he asks them, what's going on? Hey, that reminds me of something else. It's just a life truth I try to live by though. Your circumstances don't have to dictate or determine your countenance. Occasionally I'll talk to someone and, and I'll say, how are you doing? And with a mopey, dopey Eeyore face, they say something like this. Well, I'm okay under the circumstances. 
I always want to say, well, get out from under there. What are you doing under the circumstances? Your circumstances, your situation in life doesn't determine your success and your circumstances, they don't have to determine your countenance. Let's get back to the story. Verse eight, they said to him, we've had dreams and there's no one to interpret them. And Joseph said to them, do not interpretations belong to God? Please tell them to me. Hey, this is interesting because this is one of the places in Joseph's story where we see that he had a close connection with God. One of the other places was in verse nine of chapter 39 when when he said to Potiphar's wife, "I, I can't do this with you because it will be a sin against my great God. But here we're reminded that though he doesn't have a Bible, he has a word from God. God had revealed himself to him in this dream. And in you and I, we have the word of God. And God speaks to us. And God's word gets us through the difficult and the dark and the depressing dungeon moments of life. We've been walking through this worldwide pandemic and and I've been so encouraged day after day as I get into God's word and just see how with great freshness he can speak to me through his word. So Joseph's aware of this. He's aware of God's word to him. Notice what takes place in the following verses Beginning in verse 12, it says, Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation. He's telling him the interpretation because the cupbearer had a dream that was hard to understand. It's interesting. The cupbearer, like Nehemiah, was the one who would test the wine before the king or the pharaoh would drink it so that if there was poison in in the cup, the cupbearer would die. And so it's no surprise that the cupbearer's dream was about a vine and branches and about grapes And so he has this dream and it it involves three branches and, and Joseph takes the opportunity to interpret this. Notice what he says. Joseph said to him, this is the interpretation. The three branches are three days and three days Pharaoh will lift up your head, restore you to office and you shall place Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. Only remember me when it's well with you. Please do me the kindness to mention me to Pharaoh, so get me out of this house. For I was indeed stolen out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also I've done nothing that they should have put me in the pit. Now, a couple things interesting in this passage. First of all is this understanding from Joseph that he has this gift from God to explain what was taking place in this dream. So he gives the cupbearer the good news that, hey, your dream is simply telling you you're going to get out of prison here in just a few days. Second thing that takes place in this conversation is that Joseph says, when you get out, remember me. I I like this part of the story because we we tend to look at these biblical characters and, and make them so much bigger than life, we forget their humanity. Joseph was fully human, just like me and you, and, and here we see that humanity as he he says, Hey, this is not fair, this was not right, I shouldn't be here. Let Pharaoh know what I've done so that I can get out and go on with my life. And then that part of the conversation ends. Well, after that, the baker figures that went, that turned out well for the cupbearer. I want some of this action too. And, and so the baker says, my dream was such that there were these baskets of bread. Isn't it interesting? The baker had dreams about bread. Not surprising because you and I, we dream about our work, don't we? 
The baker had dreams about bread and baskets and, and he says that the birds would come and, and they would take the bread from the baskets that were on his head and, and Joseph then goes to interpret his dream. Look at verse 20. On the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, he made a feast for all of his servants and lifted up the head of the chief cupbearer and the head of the chief baker among his servants and he restored the chief cupbearer to his position and he placed the cup in the Pharaoh's hand but he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet, the cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Wow. I I like stories that end with the bow tied nightly, nicely on top of the, the present. I, I like stories that climax and then have a happy ending. And, and thus far, we're not to a happy ending because one of the translations I read says not only did, did he not remember Joseph, it, it says this, he never thought of him again. What a story. What, what can we learn from this story? Well, we've got that major truth takeaway. Remember what it is? You may feel like your life is off the rails, but your dreams can stay on track. We've read the full story, and so we know that Joseph's dreams were on track. We know that everything's going to turn out okay, because in Genesis chapter 50, he says even to his brothers, hey, what you intended for evil, God brought about for good. But what if you're in the middle of it? What if right here, right now, you feel like, I can't see how my dreams are going to come true. I don't believe how God can get any glory out of my life. How how could this work together, not only for my good, but for any good? How do I make sure my dreams are, are staying on track? Let me just give you four things I learned from this story. Here's the first one. When you see your pain as a price of your faith, your dream is still on track. When you see your pain as a price of your faith, your dream is still on track. I want you to think about this. What does your faith cost you? And what is the value of a faith that costs you nothing? We're living in a day where more people are persecuted for their faith around the world than ever before in history. Even this week, people lost their lives because of the testimony that they had for their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. What does your faith cost you? And what's the value of a faith that costs you nothing? I'm not talking about your salvation because that's a free gift. The Bible says it wasn't earned or deserved for by grace are you saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not of your works. But then when you begin to be sanctified, when you begin to be transformed into that image of Christ, that's when there's a price to be paid. So what about you? Has it it cost you a job? Has it cost you relationships? Does it cause you to sacrifice from some of the things you might would do with the income you earned because you give? You, You give of tithes and you give of offerings. What is the price that you're willing to pay? Think about Joseph. Here he was, he had done right. He had said no to Potiphar's wife. And yet he ended up in the dungeon anyway. He found himself in prison. If you've just joined us, 
You're listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. Video of the message you're listening to is available when you click the Watch tab at MissionHillChurch.com. Thanks for sharing time with us and for sharing your financial gifts by clicking the Give button at MissionHillChurch.com. And now, with more of today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. You've probably thought some of what he may have thought. Is this what I get for doing right? Is this the response to living a life of integrity? This is not fair. He had resisted temptation. He had acted on principle, not on pragmatism. You remember his principle in verse nine. He says, how can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? This was a good man. He had lived by that saying that I've heard for so many years. It's always right to do right. In fact, F.B. Meyer said this, do right because it's right to do right, because God sees you, because it puts gladness into the heart, and, and then when you're misunderstood and ill-treated, you will not swerve or sit down to whine and despair. I think that's what Peter was talking about in First Peter Chapter 2 and verse 20 when it says, For what credit is it if when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure. This is a gracious thing in the sight of God. In other words, it's not a surprise if you do bad things and there are bad consequences. But when you do good things and you still have those bad consequences, remember this, you are sharing in the suffering of Christ. And maybe you need to be reminded today that throughout the New Testament, we're told that the more we become like Jesus, the more likely it is that we'll face difficulty and challenge and yes, even the word tribulation in this world. Jesus put it this way. Oh, in this world, you will have tribulation, but you take heart. For I have I've overcome the world. I hope today you understand that even in the midst of your dreams, you can face difficult and painful moments. I want you to hear something else before I move on. You know, as I read the biblical account, it doesn't seem like Joseph was ever vindicated. He, he was never acquitted from this charge of Potiphar's wife. And sometimes you and I think, well, if only people knew the truth. I want you to understand something. God's not as concerned with your vindication as he is with your salvation and his reputation. And he was more concerned with the future plans he had for Joseph than the past vindication against this false charge. Let me give you the second truth. When you sense God's presence in the midst of your prison, your dream is still on track. Remember those five words? The Lord is with you. No matter what you're facing, no matter what you're going through, you may feel like you're in one of life's dungeon, but God is with you if you're his child. I love this quote from Max Lucado. He says, God is not sometimes sovereign. He is not occasionally victorious. He does not occupy the throne one day and and vacate it the next. God is. And that means he is with you. He's at work around you. Do you see it? He, He was at work in the prison. He was given Joseph success. Do you see God at work around you? 
If you feel alone, today I want you to know he's with you. If you feel abused, today I want you to know he is with you. If you feel accused, today I want you to know he is with you. If you feel abandoned, today I want you to know God is with you. And you know that when he is with you, he can do things that don't even make sense, just like he did in that dungeon. Proverbs sixteen seven says, when a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. When you sense God's presence in the midst of your prison, your dream is still on track. But there's a third thing. When you have opportunity for ministry in the midst of your misery, your dream is still on track. It's still on track. And so here's Joseph. He's in the dungeon. And all of a sudden, these two guys show up that he's able to minister to. Think about what he could have done. He could have focused on his own problems. He could have thought about how bad it was in his life. But instead, he looked out and he began to minister. He had a a dream beyond that moment. Viktor Frankl, who faced life in a Nazi prison, he, he talked about what helped him survive. And he said that he began to notice that those who had no dreams of life after that event typically perished there in the prison. But those who looked outward, they're the ones that persevered. Are you looking for opportunity for ministry right where you are? Hey, have you thought that maybe God's given you a chance to do something good for his glory in the life of someone else? I'll never forget years ago watching my sweet, dear father-in-law. Every time we would pass a homeless person in in Houston, Texas, I I had not grown up around that. We didn't have that much in in my hometown, small town, South Carolina. But there in Houston, Texas, he would pass the homeless people at an intersection. And you know what he would do? Almost every time he would roll down the window and he would have a gift for them. And he would say, you know, the Bible says that we never know when we're entertaining angels. That comes from Hebrews. It says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. It's understanding that when we share in the suffering of Christ, we're helping others. Just like it says in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 5, for as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. If we are afflicted, it is for your comfort and salvation. And if we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which you experience when you patiently endure the same sufferings with which we suffer. When you begin to view your pain as a pathway that God can use to fulfill your dreams rather than a barrier that is used to block your dreams. You have opportunity for ministry and a chance to move forward for the glory of God. But let me give you this fourth truth. When you learn to lean in, when you feel let down, your dream is still on track. When you learn to lean in. So here's Joseph. Think about the interpretation of the cupbearer's dream. What he must have thought. I finally made it. Oh God, you provided a way out. You gave me an opportunity. And all this cupbearer had to do is to remember him when he returned to the Pharaoh. But he forgot. Wonder how Joseph must have felt. One day... Two days, a week he waited, 
Three weeks, a month he waited. He had been through the first quarter of the first year and then he got through the whole first year and nothing happened. The Bible says in the first verse of the next chapter that it was two years later before Joseph began to see God at work again. He could have given up hope. He could have given up on his dreams. But he didn't. You know, I I think God was determined to let Joseph know that he was enough. That he could handle it. That he could make his dreams become a reality. Joseph just needed to lean in on God. And maybe you need to do that too. Maybe you just need to lean in and let God know that you trust him, that you follow him. So how about you? How are you doing with that truth we focused on today? Uh, Understanding that sometimes life makes you feel like everything's off its rails. Are you still pursuing your dreams? Are you still seeking to give God glory in your best, in your life? Are you trusting him today? Have you trusted him at all? I love the story of Christian Rager. Philip Yancey tells this man's story. He spent four years in the infamous Dachau prison imprisoned by the Nazis from 1941 to 1945. Why? Because like other well-known Christian leaders, Martin Niemöller, Diedrich Bonhoeffer, he was a part of the confessing church. He was imprisoned because of his belief. He stood for truth. Philip Yancey tells a story in his book, Where is God When It Hurts? Listen to what he says. Christian Rager will tell the horrors of the stories if you ask, but he'll never stop there. He goes on to share his faith, how at Dachau he was visited by a God who loves. And then he quotes him. He says, Nietzsche said a man can undergo torture if only he knows the why of his life. But I, here at Dachau, learned something far greater. I learned to know the who of my life. And he was enough to sustain me. And he's enough to sustain me still. I pray that you've learned the who of your life. And I pray that he's enough to sustain you. If you've got that relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, I would challenge you today, lean into him. No matter how much you've been let down, lean into him and ask him to help you accomplish his dreams for your life, for his glory. Recommit to that purpose even today. Some of you are watching and you've never begun a relationship with Christ. I want to remind you that why Joseph, as I mentioned, was a type of Christ, he he pointed us to Jesus. He was not Jesus. He was not perfect. But one did come who was perfect. His name is Jesus, and he lived a perfect, sinless life so that when he died on the cross, he was dying not because of something he had done, but because of what you and I had done.
The Bible said every one of us are separated from God because of our sin, and that sin has to be punished. We can either choose to accept the punishment ourselves, or we can trust in the punishment that Jesus took on the cross of Calvary. When we trust in him, he tells us that we can receive his forgiveness and walk in new life just as he was raised from the dead. We call that becoming a Christian, following Jesus, being born again, being saved, crossing the faith line. If you've never taken that step, I want to invite you to do that today because you'll never fulfill the dreams God has purposed for you if you don't first understand his purpose that you become a follower of his son, Jesus Christ. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis, an outreach of Mission Hill Church. If you're looking for answers to difficult questions or searching for a church home, you're invited to any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. Details and directions at missionhillchurch.com. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement, but it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhillchurch.com and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhillchurch.com. Weekdays at 9 a.m. Be encouraged by The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk, a.m. 570 and 910.